great fundamental issue now before our people. Yeah, welcome in to another rousing rendition of Libservative. Uh, Bell the Body Snatcher, now probably known as uh, PD Part-Time, not on the ones and twos this evening as he continues to fondle dead bodies in his day job. He is always is Corey Walsh. He's Dan Griffin. Disappointed. He's disappointed, Dan. I don't like hanging out with just Corey. I like it better when Bell's here. Corey gets on my nerves. You know, I have just as much of a fun time when Dan or Bell aren't around. I'm just having a great time. (laughs) It's brutal. It's tough. But we're going to get through this together. Sounds like a you problem, Dan. Big news week. What do we have coming up tonight, Corey? Before you tell the people all the places they can find us. We'll set this thing up. Uh, we're going to start off with what we always start off with, which is what we learned in school this week. The culture wars took a death punch this weekend. Corey paid no attention to this, but it's okay because now that I've talked to him about it, he's quite interested. Uh, we've got some updates f- about the uh, troops killed and injured in Jordan from, you know, once again, one of the best guys on the ground out there, Ken Klippenstein. Ken, if you ever want to come on the show, if you listen, uh, we'll be happy to have you. Uh, The border bill fails, and guess what? You, you, the American people, you are the dupes. Uh, The ugly side of powerful unions, if we get to it, and some other stuff, if we actually get to it in the rundown. But before we get to any of it, Corey, tell the people where they can find us. Libservative Podcast is found on all social media and podcast platforms. Our website is libservativeshow.com. We can be found at Libservative on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. Instagram and Twitter, Libservative Pod, and our TikTok videos can be found at Libservative Podcast. You can reach out directly mm-hmm. at libservativepod at gmail.com. Subscribe today. <clears throat> Do you hear that gargle mm-hmm. in my throat? I did. You're, you, I, we determined that Corey, the reason, the reason Corey coughs so much is because he lives in a 300 year old house and there's got to be mold in there because he only coughs. You only cough when you're in that room. That's what you said. Yeah. What was, the, what was my other reasoning? <laughs> I said, I said something. The else. government's after you. The yeah, the government's after, after me. As soon as I step yeah, in the studio, the, the government is immediately like, "Make this guy feel like he has asthma." Maybe if you actually put on a tinfoil hat, you I might can, not have those symptoms I can, anymore. I can avoid these five G rays that are affecting with affecting my esophagus. <laughs> it's so funny that you would that you would think that not that you actually think this, but like if you were the kind of person that thought the government was after you, if you were like fucking Just Dale from King of the. Like, you're like Dale from King of the Hill. Meanwhile, you have you have Jimmy Dore talking on his show, like legitimately talking about a revolution. <laughs> right, like, like, and he's far like more I had famous a flat, than we I are. had a flat tire today, right? I mean, so I had a tire that's had a slow re- leak for a while, and like I put off buying the new tire because you know every less every more every more mile on this tire is less mile on the new tire. So like it wasn't that big of an inconvenience to having to fill this tire up with some air like every three weeks. But then it went to two weeks and then it went to one week. Right. And then mm-hmm. this week I filled it up on Sunday. And then today when I came out of work, it was like flat and I'm like, all right, well, I'm not going to deal with this bullshit. 
So I had to go and buy Rusty new tires. Shackleford. So I had to go new buy new tires. <laughs> so I had to go new buy buy new tires, and it was like, ah, the fuck government making me trying to make me late for the podcast. We ain't found shit. We ain't. F- <laughs> That's what the government says when they go through my data. Uh, is that really what they say? I hope. <laughs> Don't get bogged down by all the haters out there. <laughs> Oh, Corey, what did you learn in school this week? Uh, so what I learned this week, I can just, you know, what's funny before you go, I I thought I was thinking about this today. Like, should we figure out a new name for that segment? Cause I can listen. I can, I can already hear the dyed in the wool libertarians. And I respect this opinion going like, what do you mean? What, what kind of school, public school, school choice, private school, homeschool. Cause if you learn it, (laughs) if you, if you learn it in public school, we ain't listening. You know what I love about you, Dan? Is is the caricatures you create <laughs> for different people with different political ideologies? I'm telling you, man. I lo- I love libertarians for the most part. I, I love a, I love a lot of what they have to offer. But, but the most they, annoying thing about them is they try to out libertarianism each other. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, the libertarians are the Dave Smith said this today on uh, the 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 episode that I was listening to. Catherine Mangie Ward says it all the time at Reason libertarians are the best at like um what's what's the phrase that i'm looking for uh letting letting the perfect be the enemy of the good nobody's better at that than libertarians like oh, it's yeah. just it's like like whatever whatever like the concession that you're giving it's never good enough for for uh died in the wool libertarians and it's it's their own downfall just like diehard liberals diehard conservatives they're all the same in their own right Everybody's you know like just recently yeah, that's funny. Like, this isn't what I learned this week. I guess you know what? Maybe that is what I learned this week. Because you know why? Just now? You learned it just now. You just learned it just now. No, what I learned this week actually is only 60, like 60% of Americans only read the headlines of articles. You know, I'm not surprised to hear that number. Actually, 60% seems high. <laughs> no, don't. Don't read oh, don't. the articles. Uh, Leaving 40%. Okay, then- then 60% seems low. Because <laughs> <laughs> it seems like nobody reads anything except the headlines. Well, no. You know, like, and so like, I read that article, and so I was like trying to look at this, and I'm like, how the fuck do you get more people to read past the headlines? Because like, if you remember, you'd have like, I don't remember the article or uh, the episode number, but we talked about an article, and we, might sh- we should revisit things like this maybe more often on the show. But we talked about an article where there was the headline about how COVID is killing kids or something like that. And then the article started off. Remember like mommy, it hurts mommy, please make the pain stop. And those were the last words of this child, this four-year-old that had COVID or whatever. But then like, it took like two paragraphs to talk about how like, those are the last words before he was intubated and the kid actually survived. Like God, like fuck it sucks. This kid actually got affected by COVID to the point where he was a major outlier to where like, yeah, no, the disease is deadly to certain people and he had to be intubated to heal. But the article in the first like two paragraphs and the title made it seem like this kid died mm-hmm. when he didn't. And it's like, if 60% of the fucking country is only reading headlines, no wonder why the whole terminology in the media industry is like, if it bleeds, it leads, you know, and like, don't bury well, the headline and like all these different it, things. And, and it's, it's okay just insane to me. Right? It's, I mean, I guess if the art, if 
if the headline, if the article is about something like homophobia is bad and that's the headline, it's like, yeah, you know, that makes sense. But like, <laughs> but like, yeah, when it's something that's like misleading to try to drive a narrative or drive a bias, it is completely taking advantage of the lack of the attention of Americans that is completely kneecapped because of different things like TikTok and algorithms where everyone just wants sound bites, 60 seconds, 20 seconds, get to the point. I shared something with you yesterday about the FDA, which is actually something we should have talked about today. Something about the FDA and your response was TLDR, LOL. That's the thing. That's the thing you have to realize. Like if you're going to be that person that's going to scroll through and see a headline, like what you have to learn in 2024, if you didn't learn it th- throughout the either either the entire Trump administration or through COVID or through the or through the first whatever it's been now three years and a couple months of the Biden administration, you it's it's okay if you just read the headline, but don't have an opinion on what you just read. Don't have an opinion on like because I see headlines oh, all the time, and I'm yeah, like, well, I mean, that yeah. sounds. If I'm like, well, that sounds kind of interesting. Yeah, I'm or like, if well, it's that something kind of silly, but like I, I, I don't feel like reading this, but I'm also not going to get emotional and have an opinion on what the fucking headline. Yeah. I guess I should have solidified. Yeah, like six. I guess sixty percent of Americans form opinions. Like, like I'm assuming on headlines. Like for this to even be a thing, or was sixty percent of Americans only read headlines? That I'm assuming that it has to do with sixty percent of Americans talking about issues and forming opinions on issues based on headlines that they read. Cause if you look at social media comments, like it'll be somebody that's like really mad about whatever the headline said. And there's always one person, usually more than one, but always one that asks the question, did you read the article? <laughs> right. Like, yeah. Or like when people, comment, did you read the article? You know, you don't have to engage with this conversation anymore. Or when it's people commenting on Babylon B articles or like onion <laughs> articles as if it's like <laughs> fact. Well, they could be they could be like you and me. Uh-oh, you froze, Dan. I don't know if it's on my side or your side, but I'm still moving. Hopefully it's on your side, but I guess I'll just keep talking. But what I was going to get to this is like what I realized is or when I, when looking into this more, it makes sense that 60% of Americans don't read the headlines because roughly half of our country only has a sixth grade reading level, literacy level. And then I was like, <clears throat> well, fuck. 60% of these people are fucking voting on the outcome of the different legislations that will affect my personal life. And it got me thinking, and like, and then, so on top of this, actually, what really got me thinking is I found out recently that someone who doesn't pay attention to politics or anything at all is now get, dipping their toes in the water with politics by listening to Candace Owens. Now, you could agree with Candace Owens. You could disagree with her. But what I believe, if you listen to her, we could agree on that. I don't want to use the word grift or blowhard because that has negative connotations to it. But it, those could be attributed to a lot of people across the entire spectrum. But whether you disagree or agree with her, she definitely panders to a certain audience and so with her pandering to this certain audience this person who's completely uninformed on the political 
spectrum of what's going on is now becoming misinformed. And so, yeah, I was just going on just as if you were still here. No dead air, Dan. There is no dead air on this show. And so I didn't hear anything of what you just said in the last two minutes, but I'm back because my hardware didn't want to work. Go back and listen to it later. So basically, I I was just leading up to the question of what is worse when it comes to the voting block in America, a misinformed voter or an uninformed voter? Oh, can they be, can it be equal? I don't know. Is this going back to, is this a throwback to like red versus blue or take a bullet? (laughs) (laughs) Misinformed voter or an uninformed voter. Because I went I on this little have... t- like little thing about how a person at work uh, doesn't has never paid attention to politics, but is now dipping their toes in the water. But they're listening to Candace Owens. That's not a good place to start. <laughs> that's what I was like. That's what got me thinking. Is like, ah, is is a misinformed voter or an uninformed voter? Like more oh. detrimental. I don't know because like a voter, a voter is just one person. Like okay, so I feel That's like the at least, okay, I'm, I'm going to say right? our votes I'm, I'm, are just okay, as important I'm, I'm as actually, that person. I'm not going to cop out. I'm going to give you an answer. I think it's I think it's a misinformed voter, and here's why: because a misinformed voter is somebody who's probably been involved uh, it for for a while and has and has gotten to the point where they have their um, where they have their opinions completely ingrained. As to where an uninformed voter is maybe more of a blank canvas. An uninformed voter is somebody that maybe you could turn to uh, more libertarian views or maybe not even libertarian views, but like you could you could convince them a little bit easier to to use logic and reasoning. Be careful to what they hear and and question the things that they <laughs> to see, read more than right? the headlines. Yeah, like does that make sense? <laughs> I feel I feel like an uninformed voter is more of a blank canvas. More of a wad mis- of clay. And, and a misinformed voter has already been molded into probably something super fucking toxic that I would rather not have a vote. So you're saying so the misinformed an voter is just you didn't get a chance to mold the clay. Sure. Because I'm right. <laughs> I mean, I'm right. I have no no qualms about saying that. I'm right. Because <laughs> I'm right. You're wrong. <laughs> I'm right. That's That's... I think that, I mean, do you have any issues with my answer? No, no, I just, I don't have an answer to it. I'm still trying to, to sort that one out. It was just a question that I had in my head. I've just been throwing at people just to see, see what their responses are. Was I the first one that actually gave you an answer? Uh, and yeah, a bit. Yes. Like I got an it. Like I've asked a couple of people and like their response was kind of like, Hmm. You know, like a hmm, that's that's something to think about. Like, so I don't know. I like giving people questions that they don't have an answer to right away. Give them something to chew on. <coughs> but uh, you I was talking about how it it makes sense when I was digging into this a little bit. It makes sense that oh, only sixty percent of Americans read this because, or just read the headlines because fifty percent of the country only has a sixth grade reading literacy. Ooh, yeah. There's uh, there's reasons for that. one of the topics we wanted to get to was 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 kind of about that but i don't i don't think we're going to get to it uh let's get to what you learned 
What did I learn this week, Corey? I actually kind of feel dumb tonight because I, I actually saw a TikTok video from over a year ago now. What I learned in school this week, you, I know folks are going to laugh at me, especially our, our, our military or former military listeners are going to laugh at me for not knowing this. But I learned this week that if you you are if you when you are leaving the military you are charged by the US government for all unreturned equipment i didn't know that oof yeah i, I think i remember yeah it's almost like on a lease so if you break a backpack and you don't or i guess you can break it but like if you lose a backpack somewhere you can't you and you don't return it you're charged for it but let's talk about why this is fucked up which goes into this uh, this TikTok video that I saw from over a year ago I don't know if anybody's seen it maybe we can make it go viral again probably not because we are we have like no following but here we go I'm gonna just I'm gonna just share this video with I love you, the uh, self-deprecation <laughs> share this video with you real quick you tell me what you think Corey play bitch <laughs> seriously God play. damn it it doesn't want to play for me. Let me give it one more. That poor soldier. Uh, no, I don't want to make any jokes. All right. It's not going to work. But anyway, what this TikTok video goes on to say, I'll try one more time. Maybe if I, what if, did you try turning it off and turning it back on? I wonder what will happen if I, want I share something with there you. There we guys go. Today. If I refresh it, I want to holler. I want to scream. I want to yell. But I won't do any good. Um, Today is gear turn-in day for me. Turn in all the gear that I've collected over the last four years of being active duty with the Army, the 82nd Airborne Division. Two years ago, my unit deployed to Afghanistan for the Afghanistan withdrawal. I spent a few weeks over there. It was hectic. It was chaotic. It was disgusting. And it made me very disappointed in our government. Today, I'm reminded of how disappointed I am in our government. Go to turn in my gear. They want to charge me $500 to $1,000 for gear that I was ordered to leave in Afghanistan two years ago. Because as the last two birds were sitting on the tarmac, ready to leave, there wasn't any room for extra gear or extra weight. Therefore, we were told to leave it. Some lower enlisted dudes, including myself, we're like, no, this stuff is expensive. I'm not leaving this. I'm going to get charged for this when it comes time to leave. Don't worry. We're going to catch you on the back end. You know, we'll flip it. No. It's time to get out of the army, and they just want to, they want to charge you for, for that. Meanwhile, we can continue to give millions of dollars to the Taliban. Boom. We can give billions of dollars to Ukraine. Boom. We can give billions of dollars to student debt relief eh. we can give a bunch of stupid <laughs> stimulus checks we Boom. Can cut those to the american people well, we can't cover 500 to a thousand dollars for a dude that left gear in afghanistan for a dude that left gear in a place that you put me to begin with oof i, I can stop it right there um no yeah that's something new i learned that's kind of fucked you, up. This guy was over there putting his life on the line for us, Dan. Whether we agree I, with the war or not, he signed up yeah. with good intentions to put his no, life I think, on the line. And, and I think then a wham, bam, thank you, point. man. He gets smacked with a bill. And I think you can understand his point. <laughs> like, no, Corey, it's not even just that. It's that he was he was 
he left the he left that gear behind. He was given orders to leave that gear behind. Yeah, because there was no room on the on the plane for it to get out of Afghanistan. So, yeah, and 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 the, and the military. And then we wonder why recruitments are low. You just took the word out of the words right out of my mouth. The Pentagon Sorry, wonders why recruitment is down because you have things you have you i mean this is just obviously this is just a small thing like how many people did this happen to i don't know probably just a handful of soldiers that were on their <laughs> and, way out of more than one at, at least one yeah but but it, it, that does that doesn't even matter because like his, his point about like you know what, whatever you want to say about student loan debt forgiveness or ukraine aid or or, or whatever it is we use so much of of US taxpayer dollars to send for foreign aid, but we can't afford to, I don't know, pick up the bill for a soldier who was forced to leave his gear in Afghanistan for reasons that actually made sense. We can't we can't use any money toward ending homelessness. You know, I mean just just pick your issue, whatever your issue is. But but my God, my God, A, you have to figure out your uh, what you owe the government the government doesn't tell you what you owe them you have to pay somebody to figure out how much you owe them come tax season you know what also kind of pisses me off about this and also before you go Corey, and also you can't even afford to pick up a few fucking dollars worth of lost equipment from a soldier that put his life on the line for not i mean theoretically for me but really for the military industrial complex. Yeah, I mean, whether, okay. I regardless still, of what I he was doing. I still appreciate this guy. I still appreciate yeah. this guy. For, regardless for of where his superiors right. sent him, he was ultimately putting his name on the dotted line that he might get killed in the line of duty for you and I. Right. Um, whether or not that's the case is debatable at, at yeah, best. But yeah, we can, like, I think that's very, that's something very important to distinguish, right? Like we can say, fuck the war, fuck the military for what they did. But when it comes to the individual soldiers, these 18 year old kids were putting their name on the dotted line to uh, defend mine and yours freedoms. But what I was going to say that actually is like really fucked up is the Pentagon and the military, every single time there's an audit, there's trillions of dollars they can't account for mm, because they don't have the receipts but yet they're able to keep a record so succinct that they know that all these thousands of soldiers, how much gear they fucking had. That's, and that that's this a guy good point. didn't come back with a ballistics vest and a couple of clips with some ammo in it. I don't know that's what it is he point. had, but 500 to a thousand dollars is sure as shit. Wasn't like a drone or anything fancy like that. We're talking like probably just a go bag with like, some MREs and like maybe some night vision goggles or something in it. Whatever. It doesn't matter. It wasn't, right. it wasn't more like, let's just say it was 10. Like, it was just probably a way higher number, but let's just say it was $10,000 worth. You know, Dan, I don't mean to get religious on you, but Jesus himself said that like, don't let me try to pick the speck out of your speck of wood out of your eye. When I got a plank sticking out of mine, <laughs> don't piss on me and tell me it's raining. <laughs> <laughs> But that's that's just it. Like that is a say, great saying that I'm going to use more often. Let's just say, let's just say that this guy left ten thousand dollars worth of equipment behind. I doubt it was anywhere close to that much. But let's just say that's the number. That's going to break the military keep, budget. Dan. Yeah, they they can audit this man's equipment, and let's say there's three hundred other soldiers 
that left ten thousand dollars of equipment worth of, uh, behind. What's it? I what I need three hundred thousand. I don't even know what number I just said. $300,000 worth of equipment was left behind in Afghanistan just from individual soldiers that they were carrying on their backs, right? Let's just pretend that's the number. $300,000. That's you, one you rocket. Can, you can you can that's not even a rocket. You can you can pinpoint every single piece of gear that these guys left behind, but as you said, Corey, when the audit comes around for the Pentagon, we just blow. Well, no, we just lost three billion. I don't know where the hell it went. I don't know. No trillion. It's six point four trillion. Right. What are you talking about? Like, what do you mean? <laughs> like, they're like, they're like pulling their pockets out, and they're like, uh, "Do you got the receipts? I don't fucking have the receipts. I don't have it. Maybe this guy has them. Maybe they're. You know what? They were probably, yeah, this guy probably, right here. They were, they were probably in his fucking backpack that he left in Afghanistan. He had the receipts. Yeah. That's why they didn't know where the money went. What a piece of shit. <laughs> just. Absolute nonsense. And that's why I always say when I shit on the military, I'm shitting on the Pentagon. I'm shitting on the Defense Department. I'm shitting yeah, on the people here. that send these. I don't shit on guys like this guy. No. Like no, you can tell no, this no, is no, a guy that, that went into no, the military. I would never, ever disrespect an actual military man that at 18 years old signed the dotted line and then got sent overseas. Thinking he was doing the right thing, or like, do you do you have any idea how many like like poor kids are like, wow, this sounds like a great way out. Just go, just go do four years in the service, and I get free college. Sounds good to me. Yeah. Like, I mean, how, how are you going to shit on somebody for that? Right. You can't. It's not. It's not guys like him. It's it's the it's the Pentagon. It's the Defense Department that put people like mm. this in in that situation and then charge them because they left a few MREs behind in Afghanistan. Because because they left, <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love Christ. I love I love that. He had a backpack full of MREs because he liked the snacks, and now he owes the government. I tell you what, man, that fucking Alfredo is just bella. Love it. Uh, anyway, we can move on. That's what I learned in school this week. That the military and, is and not Bell, Bell still doing his best, you know. In the chat, he goes. Also, let's not forget that the Air Force. In its entirety, got away with spending three hundred thousand dollars on cups that they kept breaking. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, it took it, Corey's coughing, and it took me a minute to get that water down. Oh, anyway, Corey, the uh, God culture damn wars, that government, God damn government. Uh, the culture wars took. I, I would call them uh, three. Three death punches this week. I had three videos, but I don't know. We're, you know what? I do. I have. I have at least one. We're going to start with this one. Um, I'm going to give you. I'll give you a hint. It involves, and I want you to tell me what these three men have in common. Luke Combs, Jerry Seinfeld, and Shane Gillis. They're all white guys. <laughs> oh, I was going to say funny. I don't know if Luke Combs is funny, but. Anyway, let's start. Let's start with Jerry. Let's let's get. I'm gonna I'm gonna just I'm gonna play this video. Corey, I, I credit you with actually uh, sharing this video first. But this is this is absolutely fantastic. Oh yeah, sharing... I sure love just sharing videos of white guys. Oh yeah, you do. So you think you know? Ah! Do you really? Uh, Don't pay attention. Uh, these ads. Stop listening. Stop listening. There we go. Now, Nobody look. I've noticed that most of the, the guests are mostly white males of 22 episodes. Yeah, let's had. get into that. No, I, <laughs> but, but you, you take a look over here, Peter. What do you see? A lot of, a lot of whiteies. What's going on here? 
but, but such I, an uncomfortable really laugh from the reporter. But well, no, no, I, I, really <laughs> pisses me off. People think it's it's the census or something. I mean, this has got to <laughs> the actual take an uncomfortable drink of, out of your America. beer. You Who cares? It's just funny. You know, funny is the, is the is the world that I live in. You're funny. I'm interested. You're not funny. I'm not interested. Okay. And, and I have no interest in gender or race or anything like that. But everyone else is kind of with their little calculating. Is this the exact right mix? You know, mm-hmm. uh, I, I think that's uh, to me, it's anti comedy. Didn't you say that you originally conceived of this? Yeah. So the guy kind of uh, looked like George Santos. Um, Did you notice that? The guy looked like George Santos. Sorry, music playing in my ear. That was that was. So Did you hear what I said? Brilliant. Yeah, that that guy kind of sounded sounded and looked like George Santos, except okay. he wasn't. I just wanted to make sure that I wasn't talking to myself. I was like, is my mic he, muted? No, he was. Well, <laughs> that gentleman wasn't nearly nearly as funny as. Don't George get Santos. bogged down by all the haters out there. You, you, <laughs> you tell him, George. George. Uh, <laughs> so. This was this was so great because this is like like the the Vivek Ramaswamy thing that we talked about a few weeks ago where you just you just have reporters that have to inject this like this and it's notice how it's in in these two cases Vivek and with Jerry Seinfeld it's like white elite liberal reporters that are the issue on this one where they, right. you you got to you got to inject the like imagine being this reporter and go, oh, I, I get to interview Jerry Seinfeld. And like, right. this is the question. This is the question you think to ask Jerry Seinfeld. How many have you, by the way, I'll, I'll ask you, Corey, have you watched comedians in cars getting coffee at all? Have you watched the show? Yeah, there's a lot of uh, different people on there. Like if I was the guy, I would have been like, hey, you know, Jerry, I love the show, but there's a lot of Jews. <laughs> like, like what's up with why, that why are there so many Jews on your show like, like, uh, Never mind because I'm like, like yeah, because I'm a uh, Jewish well, comedian I don't know yeah no that's that's kind of like, what I'm getting at like, like what, did, what did you want from them like what like it was a it was a, a show about literally neurotic people in their mid 30s just doing their thing like you talk about the show Seinfeld, yeah. Yeah, the show like, Seinfeld. I just don't. Yeah, it's just it's frustrating comedian, when someone's comedian. like, "Oh, but there wasn't representation." But I, I, but I, when I watch comedians in cars getting coffee, he has so many different people on. Yeah, a lot of them happen to be um, have less melanin in their skin. But when I'm watching the show, and I think anybody else watching the show is not paying attention to that. Like it's like Jerry said, you are watching the show to watch funny people. Like he's, I, I can't remember. Like I, I shouldn't even feel like I should have to do this. Like name all of like the minority comedians that he's had on that show. But I know for a fact Chris Rock has been on that show. You well, know, and others. Or on no, comedian on com- cars. Com- comedians in cars, and because I think that's 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 the show that um that the reporter was asking about. Why? Why is you know there, there's not really no, a lot of minority representation, right? Does it matter? No, <laughs> I guess not. Does Does it matter? But like they it's, wouldn't have a leg to stand on. Like that. That that's what I guess. That's like that's what I took away from it is the idea of like how targeted it was. Like 
never mind you're doing comedians with uh comedian in cars or whatever and you're actually hanging out with these people all different spectrums your show that you made in the 90s about a group of small friends when the whole world like like it's one of the issues that people talk about that happens in our country well and art reflects community and how white people kind of hang out with white people and they need to understand other cultures more and like you know what i mean so like why would this uh, I don't know. I need to articulate guess, that one better, but I, I guess what I would say is this, like what was that reporter? It's one thing if it's Vivek Ramaswamy, right? Because Vivek Ramaswamy is running for president. You can probably play that stupid gotcha game with a lot of presidential candidates and get the soundbite you're right. looking for. Right. What because it's more, it's more the pertinent. Point, but what in, what in the fuck is the point of doing that with Jerry fucking Seinfeld? Like, what are you going to get? Like, let's just say Jerry answers that question the way the reporter wants him to answer the question about, yeah, well, you know, I don't know. I guess maybe we, I guess maybe we should have more colored people represented in our shows. Like, 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 let's just say Jerry answers the question that way. Like, where do you go with the interview after that? Like, what is the end game of asking Jerry that question? Oh my God, I'm sorry. You opened my eyes to the light. I just don't understand what the end game is other than just being that reporter that called out Jerry Seinfeld for not having enough minority representation on any of his shows. For having a show Nobody about cares. You know, exactly like having the show about some white Jewish people in New York because and like and I even saying that to try to even bring race or culture into it. Like they make that a center point of the show. There's a whole episode about how he was making out during Schindler's list. You know, like, you know, his parents are completely lost about it. There's a whole episode about how uh, someone thinks George is racist. So, like, he tries to, because the, he, remember there's an episode, he works with a black guy, and he goes, everyone I'll tell you, you look like, you look like uh, Sugar Ray Leonard. And he goes, oh, we probably all look alike to you, huh? So then he <laughs> hangs out with the black garbage man to make it look like he has black friends. Like, dude, it was, it was, it was such a different time. In fact, I guess to kind of piggyback on that a little bit, this isn't this is a little bit of a tangent, but not so much. I actually just started. I I like comfort television, and my comfort television, like when I'm going to sleep or whatever, I'm just trying to relax. It's a lot of '90s sitcoms, right? Yeah, I guess I'm a white supremacist now because I watch Seinfeld. Yeah, I guess you are. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. You're a fascist because you watch a super fucking Jewish TV show. I can't imagine how you would get ever get ever get to that point. But I was the, the the one that I've recently started rewatching is is Fresh Prince. That's the one that I've I've recently started rewatching, and I haven't watched it probably in ten years. There is so much good political humor in that show, like really good fucking political humor that I didn't catch the last time, you know, I watched this show. And it's like there's so much there. That like if a if a I don't know a Ben Shapiro type watched it they would they would probably find it offensive. So like this isn't just like some goofy lefty thing. Like like imagine if if like a a, a Stephen Crowder or a, or a Ben Shapiro interviewed um, Alfonso Ribeiro about Fresh Prince and about like well you had this episode where there was this Black Panther lady that came in and taught Will the ways of Black Panthers like do you not find that offensive? Like that's kind of the difference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You want to, yeah, the the, the flip side of it, right? Like that's the same shit. The right would pull, but no. But I don't think they would. Not yet. We we're we're gonna get to that. But like I I don't think they would right now. 
I think there's a, there's a space in which maybe the right would try to pull something like that when they have nowhere else to go. Because right say, now well, they can kind of right now they like this show panders critical race theory. This show is just woke. This show is woke. <laughs> that's yeah. Everything's just woke. Well, that's a good point. Like if if you go back and you if and you rewatch the Fresh Prince of Bel Air, there's like there are some things in that show that you could consider if you were a fucking turd like Ben Shapiro or Matt Walsh that you could consider kind of like an anti-white joke. But like I watch it, and I think it's fucking hilarious. Because it's fucking hilarious. And that's right. all that matters. Well, why did he look at dance and bench people? It's like, well, I was in a rap song. <laughs> <laughs> did you see that? I, that honestly, song, I guess. Dude, that song got astroturfed to shit. And they're oh, the bragging about how song? they're hitting numbers on the iTunes and stuff like that. And it's like, dude, this happens with every song that's a novelty. Yeah. That's this happens great. with all of them. Like, look at the fucking song, uh, Try That in a Small Town. Yeah, I got astroturfed to the top. Where's it at now? <laughs> it's gone. <laughs> yeah, it's gone. Like, and then yeah, CMT and everything kowtowed to their bullshit. And... That's. I will say this. I'll. I'll end. I'll end on. I'll end the Jerry part on this. I love the way Jerry answered that question. Yeah, he basically, yeah, he, he answered it with that. a "fuck you." I'm not doing this with you right oh, now. Oh yeah, let's talk about that, dude. Yeah. Mad Jerry is like the funniest fucking thing because <laughs> he doesn't sound mad. he sounds like he's doing a bit when he gets mad (laughs) like yeah but you can tell he's mad like you can tell jerry was like this well he even said like this really pisses me off because it's it's honestly it was just the reporter just i don't don't even know what it is anymore the soundbite looking for the yeah the gotcha i don't understand like that's what Jer- like, like, what did you want him to say? Jerry Seinfeld denounces white supremacy. Like, is that what you wanted to hear him say? <laughs> like, Jerry, yeah, Jerry Seinfeld in his path to the White House denounces white supremacy. Like, oh, like, like what? Like, and it's just like we we all know that it's gross. Jerry knows that it's gross. Anybody watching that clip knows that it's gross. So this right, guy, can like, just, the alternative yeah. is like what he for he does he has more. Uh, black actors on a show and then it just doesn't look authentic you know what i mean like i guess it's a show so like there is no authenticity because if you're talking about seinfeld i mean i guess i guess comedians in cars is like i mean could he talk to more minority comedians sure i guess he could but he does just watch the fucking show right that's why i was under the premise that it was about seinfeld not uh not comedians in cars if it was about comedians in cars and this guy is just a fucking idiot I mean, he's an idiot either way. Doesn't really matter. The second one was no wonder why, um, no wonder why this George Santos quit doing interviews and went into politics. Don't get bogged down by all the haters out there. Out there. <laughs> the second death punch of the three to the culture wars this week uh, is the what is actually something that happened at the Grammys, which is offensive to me because I think award shows are fucking disgusting. Um, and I would never spend a single minute watching them. But uh, Tracy Chapman and Luke Combs provo- uh, performing the song Fast Car together on uh, the Grammys show. Because if you if you remember that, if you remember uh, early last summer uh, when Luke Combs released the cover of Fast Car on his album, there were all sorts of Atlantic articles there were all sorts of WAPO articles about how problematic it is 
that this white country singer is appropriating the song of a black woman from 1988. You're mentioning that. And uh, honestly, I don't. You know, because you, you were smart and you didn't read any of them. So you're better. You're just a better human than me, I guess. Well, no, but like, I was like, so no, go ahead. Go ahead. Like this, this is, that, that's a part of like my response to all of this. The, there were, there were WAPO pieces. There were Atlantic pieces about how problematic it was that this white country singer was, was quote unquote, appropriating the song of a, 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 a strong black woman from the 1980s. And the entire time, Tracy Chapman is going, I love it. Like he's made my song popular again. And like, if you listen to the reason why he sings this song, it's because it was like the first song he fell in love with while he was riding down the road with his dad. Like, why is that? Like, in what world is that like cultural appropriation or is that racist or problematic yeah. in any so, way? That part, yeah. The, you mentioning that that's what's going on reminds me of that book uh, by Janine, uh, Janine Gray, uh, American Dirt which is a white woman writing a fictitious story about a family. Well, not necessarily a family about a woman and her son whose husband was killed by the cartel and they got to, you know, become refugees and run across the Mexican desert to cross the border. Mm -hmm. And people were losing their minds saying that it was like basically cultural appropriation that this white woman was speaking out about this issues and creating a story that talked about a serious cultural issue, kind of like the way people mark people are attacking Mark Twain about Tom Sawyer and the adventures of Huckleberry Finn, the adventures of Tom Sawyer and stuff. Yeah. The N words in that book a lot. It's true. And, uh, and it's just, it's just insane to me that people get lost in the reads on that shit. When like the actual story itself, like, that story brought attention to like an issue and like it creates, it paints a picture of what people go through doing this just because it's written by a white person. Yeah, dude, if it's you fictitious time, just think about the time in which that book was written. You have a man like Mark Twain. If you, if you, if, if you're talking apples to apples, Mark Twain, when he wrote that book was remarkably progressive. Yeah, you know, this poor, this yeah poor that's the context, riding right? Riding down a river and makes friends with a slave, right? Like a running slave, and like, and in the book, he, you like in the book, it describes how he's going through the process of like learning and realizing that this black person is a human being, and that's yeah. the whole press. That's the whole point of the book, and like when he talks about how like yeah, this this black guy is on the boat crying about his family. And it's like, well, I guess he's got feelings too. Like, dude, like, what the fuck? Like, imagine writing that when, like, when people imagine, didn't think about that about dude, black people. Like, thinking imagine, that they were just property. Imagine reading that a year at that after time. that book was at, at, at a year after that book was released. Right. How progressive of a stance that would be. Yeah, he was a people woke don't think about it that way. People just think about that. People don't think about it that way. They right. think about they think about the fact that the n-word is in the book like 700 times. Like, he was the woke person at that time and now he's being outcasted as the racist. That's wild, absurd. right? Absolutely. It's absurd. just like how like when we were talking about how uh like 
uh, like I think it was before the show started, but like people are calling Toby Keith a fascist because he advocated (laughs) for the Iraq war. And it's like, no, now we know the Iraq war was bullshit, right? Like it's easy to say that the Iraq war is bullshit because we have all the information now. And you have all these kids who are fucking 20 and 19 saying this shit about them. And guess what they're doing? Guess what they're doing? In 2001. Guess what? We were all lied to. We all thought Iraq. Corey. He's back then. Just to put a little whipped cream and a cherry on top of the pie that you just mentioned. How many of these kids do you think are in support of Ukraine? Yeah. Like, what's that going to look like? 20 years from now when your kids are going wow all those people that supported the ukraine war were a bunch of fascists because trust me it's coming yeah if i had to make one prediction it's coming so knock it off you're not any better right uh the the third one was this and this is a real quick one uh bell will appreciate this i kind of wish he was here for this one uh shane gillis is going to be hosting saturday night live saturday night live And for those who don't remember the issue with Shane Gillis and Saturday Night Live, he was hired to be on the show. And then, you know, I guess what people do these days, went back, found some bad tweets, found some podcasts about Shane Gillis making fun of Asians or something at some point that were actually, you know, tasteful, funny jokes because Shane Gillis is a fucking brilliant comedian. He's fucking hilarious. And he was subsequently fired very, very quickly from SNL. Lauren Michaels held out as long as he could, but ultimately had to cave to the mob and let Shane Gillis go. And now we come full circle in 2024, and Shane Gillis, the brilliant comedian, will be hosting Saturday Night Live. I give you folks three examples just there. Of the culture wars coming when is he hosting to a head. this Saturday? I, I don't know if it's this Saturday or if it's if it's coming up in the future. But that um, might actually be one I watch. Shane Gillis is fucking hilarious. We're re- we're recording here on uh, February seventh, Wednesday. So I, I I I saw the date, but I don't remember what it is. But it doesn't matter. You could listen. You could be listening to this after Shane Gillis hosts, and this is still an important blow. Because, Corey, dude, we are at a point where people are just sick of this shit. They are so sick of this shit. Only so much energy could be spent on fabricated rage to show some sort of virtue signaling moral high ground. Well, but, I, think, uh, I, think, I think they're tired of outrage. I think that's what it is. Yeah. I think people are just exhausted. I think so many people are just exhausted with all of the outrage. Not even that they feel themselves, but the outrage that is just being thrown at them all the time, whether it be in real life from their family and their friends or, or whether it be just what they see on social media, people are so sick of it, which leads us to the last thing, which is this. What do people like Ben Shapiro, Steven Crowder, Charlie Kirk, and the other sort of uh, um, trad con goofballs do when wokeness dies? Yeah. What do they have? Yeah, left? no, I don't know. They're going to pivot to... Uh... Yeah, it's gonna it's just gonna come full circle, right? They're gonna come back and start attacking things that are just like it's just beating dead horses kind of thing. Or, but uh, like when you said when you said the thing where I was like, honestly, I didn't know about any of that. When you're talking about the Atlantic articles, when we were talking about uh, were we talking about Luke Holmes? Yeah, the Tracy Luke Holmes stuff. Luke Holmes? Yeah, yeah, and like you said, I wasn't clicking the articles because I learned a long time ago. 
well, not necessarily a long time ago, but about two years ago, that like half the half the shit, it's it's equivalent to stuffing in a turkey. It's just filler. It's just bullshit. I mean, I and like a, stuffing, but oh, you like stuffing? Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, I okay then. Don't. Yeah. For those who don't know, from, Corey's a picky eater. Right, but it's just like I'm just saying, like <laughs> something like oh, just stuff this in there to hold the turkey together while it cooks. But uh. <laughs> <laughs> but uh like all the outrage all of the things like that like it's just and the right does it just as much as the left does but the shit that doesn't have any meat to it it's all sizzle and steak i just gave up on it a long long time ago and i found myself in that aspect being way more cynical about society but at the know, same Corey. time, I've also found a lot of, I felt I've felt like weight lifted off my shoulders because like, because you'll bring stuff up a lot. You're like, it's like Taylor Lorenz. I, I had to revisit who she was. And we talked about her a couple episodes again, because like, I don't let her stupid bullshit even affect my day or like, I don't spend time on it. Like I don't stew on it. Like, no, it's, it's fucked up. I, 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 I understand be, your point. Maybe I'm, what I'm saying is like, maybe I'm the canary in the coal mine in a sense to where a lot more. And, and like, I feel like maybe I was ahead of the curve just because my ADD wouldn't let me. It's like, all right, I'm tired of this. I'm gonna put this shiny thing down, you know, but like the rest of society, maybe they're starting to follow suit. And we are seeing the death of, uh, of the culture war bullshit because, there was a time I did feel like I was walking on eggshells, you know, about a year or two ago, like about things and like trying to make sorry say words right and stuff like that. And now I find myself using certain words. <laughs> and you know what? Let you use that to the imagination audience of what words I'm using and to help me reflect on who you think I am. <laughs> but like, oh, and like, you don't want to leave that up to our audience. Oh, yeah. Let them. Let them. I, be- I bet you that the words they're thinking of are probably worse than the words I do use. Maybe not, but, <laughs> but, uh, and like, there was a time where I was like, Oh, gross. Oh, oh my God. I can't believe it. But now it's like, no, oh, that is funny. You know? And it's, yeah, well, Corey, like, I, I, I feel like I everyone, like, what- like there's been like a, like just everyone was holding their breath collectively as a society and you're seeing it to where now, like it's, it's starting as a trickle. But you're seeing some people just being like, all right, I can't do that anymore. And then you're seeing other people like following suit and you're just seeing the temper lower. And like everyone's starting to realize that the culture war ship ain't worth the weight in gold or whatever. And it's like, okay, yeah, I can be really mad about words. I can be really mad about, oh my God, those people like in another part of the country that I'll never meet or see or even visit their city believe different than me it's not affecting my day-to-day living and yeah, everyone no, and i think I, is just slowly starting to come to that realization and when we called this we called this a year ago i did you definitely that was, did that was my prediction for 2023 and, it's and at that point i was already disinterested in it i appreciate your angle and i i hope that more of america comes around to where you are and i think that's what we're starting to see the reason i pay attention to it is because it's one of those things where how do you how do you combat the enemy without knowing what the enemy's thinking? Yeah, it's it, it's that kind of thing. Like I don't ever I don't ever take it seriously, but like yeah, I want to see what these fucking goofball phony liberals because they're phony 
are are doing and saying to try to, you know, uh, I don't even want to say push an agenda because that's like that's like something the right uses. Like they're, they're, you know, they're pushing the gay agenda or they're pushing the trans agenda. Because I don't even I don't, I don't really think it's so much in it. I never really thought it was so much an agenda as just like this like need to fit in with all all of the rest of society and then we're starting to realize that people fucking hate doing this which is what i thought would always would always happen because what happens the snake always eats its tail and that's what's happening the snake is eating on both sides you're watching the right culture war bullshit become irrelevant and then you're watching anyone who was outraged by it kind of just go yeah anywhere like that's like throwing an old playboy away. They're like, ah, I'm not interested in this anymore. Well, and that's a concern. Like, does the pendulum stop or does the pendulum swing back? I'm kind of a cynic. I think the fen- pendulum will probably swing back. And what we're going to start seeing is, you know, when I just think we're seeing a centering of it. I the think pendulum I think, itself, what, the pendulum itself takes years, right? Like we're talking years. Like we're talking, we're seeing it come back from 10 years of forcing everyone to walk on eggshells. And we're seeing it but, just now center. But when it swings back, we're going to have the Matt Walsh's, the Ben Shapiro's, the Charlie Kirk's, the Candace Owens, the Dennis Prager's of the world. Instead of coming after things that make sense, right? Because there are there are places and people on the right that are making a little bit of sense when you're talking about like, hey, should we be pushing kids to have transgender surgeries? Like you can see a... a, a a piece of logic where they make sense. But when that's all over with, now you're going to start seeing these people coming after gay marriage. You're going to start seeing these people come after all of the traditional things that the right has always come after. Like right now being right wing is punk rock. Corey, how many times have I said that right this minute being right wing is a little bit punk rock. It's a little bit anti-establishment, but what happens five years from now when that pendulum hits the middle again and now being being right wing is kind of lame. <clears throat> so where do you think where do you think we're at at the pendulum? I think that we're we're not even near back the center. We're I not at the bottom yet. I think we're right back to where it like the pendulum like we're at the point where the pendulum like you when you're on a swing and you're swinging really high and it hits that point where it's like loses a little bit of gravity and it's like whoop. I think we're at the whoop. When the, yeah. when the chains are loose, right? Like when you hit that zero gravity, it's, it's on right the way. There. We're on the way down. Yeah. So we'll see. I don't know. I dig it. I, I, whatever. I'm going to, I love this stuff. I'm going to keep paying attention to it. No, no, absolutely. Uh, do like, please do. Like, it's, it's interesting because like you do, like, it's a, it's a blind spot for me because like I've gotten so apathetic to it. Like when I like like years ago, like like I I just I don't know I just I I had the the veil raised, you know, like I uh, saw like when I saw companies putting the pride flag and their icons on Twitter in America in the Western civilizations, but keeping it the same in the Eastern civilizations. I mean, like in like Middle East and other countries who don't agree with like LGBTQ community ideology when i saw them not doing that over there and it's like oh that's kind of funny and then you saw the bud light thing and you saw how fast bud light 
when they saw their like they were all had all these companies were having fun in games and throwing these things around to try to make a quick buck. And then when all of a sudden you saw one of them go extend themselves too far and hurt their base and they freaked out and it hurt their bottom line. Look how quick they brought out the Clydesdales and was like, Oh no, you remember we love America. And like and it's just it's all phony. All of it is yes, so fake. phony. And we're seeing that the corporations can't grip on it anymore. And immediately the the temperature at, in society of like everyone at each other's throats dropped down 80 degrees. As soon as the corporations pulled their foot, you know, pulled out from being trying to be grandstanders, everyone is like not as each other's throats. Like, I don't know. It's just, it's just interesting. But like, I just, I guess I kind of caught wind of it a while ago and just completely tuned out of it. And it might've just been my ADD. I get you. I understand. Like you got like even I got to tune out. I got to tune out. Uh, you know, every once in a while, uh, everyone's over here bitching about things like that, and I'm over here looking at how the FDA is adding into their bylaws of a recent of the recent Cures Act that as long as it doesn't hurt human beings, they don't have to inform. They don't have to get consent to have people in uh, trials for new medicines. You know what I mean? Like, I'm just, I'm just over that shit. I'm just like, like, I don't know. Oh yeah. There's a shiny thing over here that everyone's talking about, but the FDA over here is saying that they can now use people in experiments with medicines. And as long as they don't think it's going to cause harm, they don't have to tell the people in this experiment. Oh, fuck. Which is yourself. Yeah, that's, that's (laughs) true. It it cures act the final, the final amendment. It it was initiated in January 22nd, 2024. Shall we get to the border? Do you want to do the border? What do you want to do? I'm gonna let you decide. Should we do the border? Should we do the ugly side of powerful unions? What do we what are we what are we doing here? The border um, bill did fail, but I'll let you decide. So the CO2 emissions thing I was really excited about. <laughs> but we could save that for next week. We could talk about the border because that's more relevant. A little newer. A little newer. Stop uh yeah, the it. I'm st- the border bill uh, did fail. Wait, did you spell border wrong on purpose? Yeah. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> the border. Because it's like a chessboard. Is that a stupid joke? Or should I just change? I'm just going to change it. It's a stupid- <laughs> I didn't mean to make you feel self-conscious about it. It's a stupid joke. We're, you're, you're, you're workshopping. It's cool. It's cool. <laughs> We're workshopping <laughs> live on the air. It's fantastic. <laughs> That's what we do. Uh, Dan's just uh, doing one it, of his spoofs a little bit. <laughs> it didn't work. Uh, so the border bill did fail uh, in the Senate. What I, I guess what I would say to start this off before I let Corey go, he's actually going to kind of read off what was in the bill. Cause I don't think a lot of people know that. And most people don't really care, but we're going to talk about it anyway. Cause that's what we do on this show. Um, this is nothing. The border absolutely is a political pawn. I don't think it's sim- it's as simple as to be like, oh, Donald Trump wants the border to be shitty so that he can come in and be the savior. Because right, because that's a lot of what's coming from the more democratic establishment side. I don't think it's that. I don't think it's quite that simple. But like the border has always been a thing like abortion. It's always been one of those issues where you can absolutely use it to get elected. Can I just say that Joe Biden's doing a terrible job? How do you know he's doing a terrible job of using the border to get reelected? Because he fi- 
He finally just pivoted like 48 minutes ago or whatever the hell it is. And they tried uh, to impeach his <laughs> they tried to impeach his uh DHS uh head of DHS or whatever. Yeah, to 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 uh he actually supported this bill and no other Democrats did. So how do you know that Joe Biden is trying to it realizes that the Is that what it was? I remember you read the numbers to me a minute ago. Well, about 64 minutes ago, but it was about Democrats that voted no. I'll give you some high profile names. Yeah. Like how Elizabeth many were Democrats versus Republicans? I don't, I don't have that number, but I do have some high profile ones. Elizabeth Warren voted no. Ed Markey voted no. Alex Padilla of California voted no. Uh, Bob Menendez voted no. And even Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer voted no. Well, they should have just gave Bob Menendez some more gold, and he probably would have voted yes. Yeah, wouldn't wouldn't have been too too hard to do. You get you get good old Bobby involved. Just give him a couple you get, you gold get, bars. Yeah, Don't get, get bogged down by all the haters out there. That's yeah, right. You listen. Yeah, you listen. You that listen that, that bit is actually him talking to Bob Menendez. <laughs> but yeah, so the newest border bill that was recently got that recently got shot down was the Secure the Borders Act of 2023. Republican-sponsored legislation that passed the House of Representatives in May of 2023 but failed to advance in the Senate in February 2024. The bill aimed to increase the number of Border Patrol agents to 22,000 and upgrade their technology and equipment, fast-track asylum cases, and impose stricter eligibility criteria for asylum seekers, authorize the government to shut down asylum processing at the border if migrant encounters exceed certain thresholds, and the practice of catch and release and increase the number of deportation flights. Provide $60 billion in military aid to Ukraine, $14 billion to Israel, and $10 billion to humanitarian aid in Gaza, the West Bank, and Ukraine. So the Democrats, like the ones you named and stuff, they argued it was punitive. Inhumane. Inhumane. Effective at a, addressing the root cause of migration, which is... So that last part, like, yes, that's true. That's true. But you got to plug the holes in your boat before you get the water out. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know, like, if maybe that's reversed, but <laughs> in whatever way, like, like, you got like, if someone is having a heart attack because or going into cardiac arrest or whatever, like, you know, because they're losing a lot of blood through an artery. You got to stop the bleeding before you address the second issue. The root cause is the secondary issue. Dealing with what's happening with our border and and just allowing people being treated as second class humans and just shipping them around in planes and boats and ships and buses and what trains and whatever the fuck they're using fucking bird. Oh. Uh-oh. You're frozen. I'm okay. throwing, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. You're good. Okay. All right, good. We're just going to look at we're just going to look at your pretty face. But uh a little bit. <clears throat> Yeah, that was weird. Everything just went black for me too. But <laughs> uh but like we're just shipping them around like pawns and treating them just like literal pawn chess pieces just to make political points. Uh we need to sec- take care of the issue at hand and then we can continue to work on these issues, right? But uh and then the Republicans are like saying that the bill isn't going far enough. Well, a lot of them are saying the bill isn't going far enough. And they're also not 
Like, and it's like the same, they're having the same exact qualms with the issue as the Democrats are just from different standpoints of like, the bill isn't sufficient. Never mind it being a negotiation. And then the other half is basically saying that they don't like the idea that the money's being tied to foreign aid, which I get. Yeah, that's, that's exactly right. Like, that's like the one, that's like the one principled stance that I guess you could argue Republicans are making. Uh, on not voting yes on this bill. Yeah. What does the border have to do with foreign countries? Exactly. And and like, dude, at the end of the day, it's like, I mean, we, we've gone over this a, a couple times in, in the You're past. You're watching a pork, barrel, a pork barrel earmarked bill, which has usually worked in the past, not work this time, which is interesting to talk about in itself, right? Like usually yeah, dude, a the bill, first like- thing- an omnibus bill like this would usually pass because it's a little bit for everyone, but it did it this time. The whole, the, the, the first thing is just that, like, is that missed on you or no? It's not missed on me. I get it. <clears throat> it's interesting though to me. I don't know why I find that it's so interesting. It is. But like, let's, even if you were just taking it at its face, right? Like if it was just about the border, right? Like if we just like, even if we just removed it's All still, yeah, it's still a, like one's thinking it's inhumane, the other half thinking it doesn't go far enough. And, and but I mean, and the other part, like you can't like it's I, I want to say this the right way because I don't I don't want to I don't want to make it sound like it's just, you know, the Trump wing of the Republicans using people at the border to get elected. Um, but that kind of is what it is because it, there really is this this sort of attitude of you can't let democrats win like like y- you could see that like i guess i would say it this way you could oh see yeah str- oh yeah you could see oh, there, you there's could a whole see- political aspect to yeah it, you, right? you, donald you, trump you could, came out you could absolutely see strategically why republicans wouldn't want to give Biden this win in an election year. Although, fuck yeah, we're only nine months away, Dan. It wouldn't even be a win. That's the problem. Like you would, you're still going to have all the exact same issues. You're still going to have all of the, all of the people that came over the border. You're still going to have an issue of like the fact that the only way for unskilled migrant workers to get over the border is to claim asylum because that's the only way because we don't have anything in our immigration policy that allows unskilled workers to easily have access to green cards, which has been my issue for the last three episodes that we've talked about this for, even though those are the fucking jobs that we need to fill. Do you have any idea how many unskilled workers, Corey, annually get green cards, like legitimate green cards? I'm talking unskilled workers, right? I'm not talking about PhDs. I'm not talking about Folks with degrees. I'm not talking about the tech people. It's about 4,000. It's about 4,000 unskilled workers get green cards. Corey, we have 4,000 unskilled worker jobs that need to be filled right here in Metro Detroit. Never mind the rest of the country. Do you not see why? Like, I know you see this. I'm talking to the people. Do you not see why this is fucking insane? But but that's what drives me nuts about the Republicans. Oh, the criminals and the fentanyl. It's about the criminals and the fentanyl. Got to keep them out. Like, like, okay, so let me be a libertarian for a minute. The perfect not being the enemy of the good, right? Yeah. Is this not one of those situations? If you let more folks, unskilled workers in and give them green cards to work jobs that need to be filled, 
Are you going to have some criminals that come in? Are you going to have some, some fentanyl that comes in? Yeah, it's probably going to happen. It's called cost-benefit analysis. What is the cost versus the benefit of allowing more unskilled labor to, to obtain green cards in the United States right now in 2024? I'm, right. I'm, I'm just going to go ahead and tell you, the benefit vastly outweighs the cost in that scenario. Every economic does. metric will tell you that. Go ahead. It absolutely, no, it absolutely does. And then like what I was going to add to this is like the GOP moving goalposts. Like they wanted more, you know, funding and stuff for the border. And then here they are actually offering this and actually trying to make things down there work. And then all of a sudden they're like, oh, but this isn't going far enough. Right. Kind of goes and, back to the culture war debate, doesn't it? Yeah, it always yeah the goalposts are just constantly moved, and then also like another argument how that like when it comes to them saying and that goes far enough they do have some merit because here is Biden offering this bill that he supports where he's like yeah he's like I want to hey guys listen you know folks I can just shut the border down you know no with joke. this new bill it's no joke. With this new bill, I can just shut the border down if too many are coming in. Well, he already has that authority under the oh, immigration Corvette. <laughs> under section one two one F, it talks about the president. He can nix anyone from crossing that border anytime he wants. He, he he's just not. And uh it's just, and then when you read and it, and another thing I noticed about this, I was reading articles about how this bill passed or how this bill failed, right? And how it's just all the articles, it doesn't matter the bill, how they're all the same. It's a puff piece that it just, it's always the same. It's always like, it, yeah, well, it almost I, happened, but got it. That other side picked it. If I can just like, add, it's it's always every article that's written, and again, like we go, we can go back to culture wars, and we can go back to last week's episode about why the legacy media. Oh, now you froze. We're both just having issues with so with uh, our connections. Every oh, piece that's written about. Am I back? Um, it's 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 go it's just going back to last week, um, about like no trust. In, Oof. There you go again, Dan. But yeah, going back to last week, you were saying, but I, anyway, so I'll, I'll keep going, right? So it's just, it's just, it's so frustrating how like every time these articles are just always like, that got it. The other side tanked it or one side sure tried, but it was the other side that blew it. And we'll try it next time. And it's like just mind boggling to me how these bills are always so convoluted and almost like designed to fail. Cause like right now, like, again, we have, we have elections coming up, you know, in, in nine months. And it's just insane to me how like Trump was already coming out and talking about how this, how the Republicans should not vote for this bill. And they all fell in line. Like he's already in charge of the political party, but it's just, you see it time and time again, how, Neither side, how like an article, like an like a bill like this, probably helped more than hurt. Yet, both sides found ways to disagree with it and not vote for it. 
because then what are they going to run their platform on nine months from now? Right? What is like, what are they going to talk about? Raising wages and dealing with the issues that the, that our country is facing, like big corporations buying entire neighborhoods and bulk and houses, creating a fabricated housing crisis. We're going to talk about how wages are stagnant versus production. A rough night. No, we're not going to talk about any issues like that that actually hurt the working class or any current class like that. We're going to stick on issues like this, where they have bills that come along that can help alleviate the issue. Maybe not fix it, but they could come back in and fucking work on it again and add more stuff to the bill or add another bill. But instead, they tank it because now they can talk about it being tanked and how the issues. Back. <laughs> it's been a rough night. The internet connection has not been good. I'm a little, little, little disappointed. And Dan, you're got to listen to this episode because I've been fucking nailing riffing and. Oh, I bet you have. We don't Corey. have dead air. I, mm. I love your confidence. Some of my best work. <laughs> I love your confidence. At least I got my my rants in. We're good. We're okay. We're good. It's gonna be. This is gonna be just fine. You think so? Once we. Yeah, once we get all those donations coming in and stop paying our taxes. I don't think someone's coming after us. <laughs> you want to do a uh you want to do a quick uh lightning round before we end the show here, Corey? Yeah, what do you got? We missed. What do you got? Do anything me? important. Won't do anything important. Uh the uh Jennifer Crumley, the mother of Ethan Crumley, convicted of manslaughter in the Oxford it's means a lot to us cuz it's here local, the Oxford, Michigan uh, high school school shooting. How, how do you how do you feel about uh, how do you feel about that? Am I the interviewer? Okay. Am I interviewing Jerry Seinfeld? What is this? What, what are you? Talking oh about? yeah, here we go talking about gun owners. Yeah, <laughs> no, <laughs> no, yeah. Let's get into that. Yeah, let's get into that. <laughs> uh, no, you know, honestly, what when it comes to this chick, like when it comes to the manslaughter charges, it's about like being complicit, you know, and implicit and things like that. And these parents were very complicit in their child's uh, downfall of his mental health and just not helping him or do anything for it to the point where they bought a minor, a gun, the kid talked a about handgun. a handgun, a handgun. You have to be 21 to own a handgun in Michigan. And as a responsible gun owner, the parents, even like, even though like the gun was legally in their name, theirs, they took it, they called it his, the paperwork showed it's theirs. That gun was their responsibility. When you own a gun, it's like owning a car. It's a machine that you can use or a tool that you could use for anything else. You could use it for hunting, target range, target practice. If that's your hobby, that's fine. This is America. You should be allowed to. But you could also use that tool in a malicious intent and fuck people up. We saw cars Corey, and trucks really fuck stop, people up I, at parades and different things like that. Yeah, go ahead. Corey, can I can I stop you to to explain why the analogy doesn't work? Why not? Your son turns sixteen. He goes. He he takes your keys. He steals your car, and he goes and mows a bunch of people down with it. Are you responsible? Are you? Do you get a manslaughter charge for that? Hmm. No, because hasn't been brought to court. Now, if my son was out here, like in the house, talking about one of these days, or if he was, drawing, I'm gonna run some people down. If he was drawing on, like instead of doing his homework, he was drawing doodles of him 
in like dad's van. <laughs> and that's showing him in the picture, showing him mowing people down. And there's constant conversations with his teachers and his parents about the, and with the teachers and me about things like this. Then as a responsible parent, probably just make sure my keys are in my pocket. See, no, that's fair. That's that. See, that's throwing the nuance because no. So this is, this is what makes this, this is why this case makes this okay for with me. If it's something like the parents follow all the laws and they lock their guns up and they're responsible owners. And then there's some weird way that the kid does get a hold of the gun by prying open the safe because I'm at work or something like that. And he does this and I have him in therapy because I think he's fucked up and he still does this. Then the court is probably going to have some sympathy for me. And when I'm with the jury of my peers. Yeah, that's, and that's, that's a great point. And then the kid talking about mom, dad, are you mad at me? And them saying, LOL, no, honey. And then buying him a fucking gun and letting him post pictures of it on his Instagram, clearly showing that he's allowed to just play with this thing whenever. And when they go to, and he draws pictures of him shooting people saying, I don't want to live. I want to die. The world is dead. Somebody please help me. And then a teacher sees this and they bring me in to talk to them. And if I, I just go, all right, well, yeah, cool story, bro. And I more, leave for, for 12 minutes. And the one thing you minutes. left, and the one thing you left out was the fact that Ethan Crumley, the actual Oxford high school shooter, not only did he draw these pictures, he drew them on a math assignment a that he knew he had, help. that he knew he had to turn in. To his teacher. He and wrote his name to see this. He was looking for someone to help him. And his parents completely turned their back on him. So, yes, as a gun owner, I am completely okay with this precedent being set. Because if there are other irresponsible gun owning parents out there who have fucked up kids and they completely neglect that, neglect that and are irresponsible with their guns. And yeah, manslaughter through complicity is absolutely an okay charge because you know what? If that doesn't happen, me as a responsible gun owner, I get grouped in with those assholes and fuck them. Yeah. So that's, that's fair. It, it's it. fair. That's actually that's actually an interesting way to put it because if Jennifer Crumbly walks based on some sort of you know Second Amendment technicality, and you know me, Corey, and I know you, um, we love the Second Amendment. We are in various i'm sorry vast support of the second amendment however the responsibilities come with it yeah because the word responsibility isn't in the second amendment doesn't mean it's not implied well and it's not even just that it's more of like that's nuanced though that's uh, that's, if 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 jennifer crumley walks and doesn't get a manslaughter charge for her son's actions, given all of the information that we know, that's one of those things where the anti-Second Amendment people have a case, right? They have right. a point. Like, I don't, I don't want it those adds people. More new, it adds more noise yeah. to it, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Whereas, like, now, parents who have kids who they know they're fucked up, but they might be in denial realize that there might be a little bit of consequences to their lack of parenting and just relying on the state to take care of their kids. They might tighten up a little bit 
And we might see less shootings because of this, because when the parents, because the teachers and the schools. You no, know, it's, it's so interesting, dude. We've, we've seen the videos. We've seen the TikTok videos of like the Second Amendment advocates. <coughs> and, and the question, the questions get asked of like, well, you know, what do you do with your gun when, you know, uh, shouldn't it be locked up? So your parents, so your, your kids don't get a hold of it. And I can't remember what's, what was the TikTok video is that, that large black, that large black man, right? He, he had a great response. So wait a minute. What, at what age am I supposed to teach my son or my kid gun safety? There's some shit you just don't do, right? What does he say? Like, I, I'm paraphrasing here, but like, you don't touch a hot pan. You don't fucking, you don't stick a, a knife in a, or yeah. a fork in a, in a, uh, an, in an electrical outlet. You don't it, touch my gun. It's, like, there's yeah. just some shit you don't do. And right. like, there is, there is a point to that to where like, you know, how old does a kid have to be to see a gun and know he shouldn't touch it? How old? I don't know, but like, you know what? I've been, I've been, uh, like with CJ, my son, he, he hasn't touched any real guns yet. Like he's, he's not old enough for that. He's four years old, but you know what I am training him in trigger control. Don't point the end that the bullet comes out of at people. Don't point it at yourself. I'm also cheering them how to like I have one of those battery powered nerf guns with them. So like I also teach them how to clear the chamber and stuff like that. But that's technical shit. But like the basics of like don't put your finger on this trigger until you're ready to pull the trigger. You know, don't aim don't this put, at people. Don't there's nuance to the nerf gun to because like if I also have my nerf gun, like we're shooting back and forth with each other, but like I drill into his head, don't point this thing at people when you're like if I'm sitting on the couch, don't fucking shoot me with it, <laughs> you know. And like then, like then things like that. Like and there's, it's about the responsibility. And as a Second Amendment advocate, this case shows that these parents were not responsible gun owners, and because of that, and being shitty parents, four kids died that day. And 11 were injured. And 11 were injured. And hopefully this will make other parents realize that they need to get their shit together if they think their kid is showing cries for help. Like, for Christ's sakes, the kid said, help me on his homework. On his homework. Yeah. On his, his parents didn't give two shits. Yeah. yeah. It, I mean, I, I will say this. In, I, I would call it a case-by-case instance it is it is it would be a this case the by first case time thing parents to try to manslaughter but because the case was so clear yeah but i would but call it case, case by case speaks i think the case itself like it'll this no matter you put the parents away no matter you put the kid away it's not going to bring those four kids back it's not going to root it's not going to heal the fucking trauma that hundreds of kids in oxford just a, a skip hop and a jump from here are going to have for the rest of their lives of watching their classmates die and bleed out in the hallways and stuff. It's not going to heal any of that, but in the very fucking least, what it's going to do is make parents who think their kids might be slipping through the cracks, pay more attention to them. And it might save the lives of other kids. So yeah, that was, that was not, dude, that was, (laughs) that was absolutely not a lightning round, like in any way, shape or form. Uh, Dennis Kucinich abandoned, abandoned the Democrat for an independent uh, Senate run. We'll say that again. <laughs> this is Dennis the next Kucinich, one. 
Dennis Kucinich is abandoning Democrats for an independent Senate run. Dennis Kucinich is a uh, uh, homie from Ohio. Uh, I think he's in Cleveland's district. I can't remember exactly. I, don't I love how you would be like, well, back to the lightning round. <laughs> yeah, Dennis, Dennis Kucinich, he, he was running a, a Robert Kennedy Jr.'s campaign there for a minute, and they split ways. But uh, I think this is good. I think he's got a chance to win. Like, the more independence, the better. Oh, he went independent. Yeah, no, good for him. Yeah, it's to quit. That's uh, you don't you don't even know who I'm talking about. Lose, so this lose is, the baggage. Yeah, but you know what? Anyone who's going independent lose the baggage of any of the dogma that's attached to it when you're subscribing to either Republicans or Democrats. And the last one is this, Corey. We could have predicted this as much as we love labor. We're not always in support of unions. You and I have a little bit of a differing opinion on private sector versus versus public sector. I don't think either of us support private sector unions. You mean public, public sector unions? You mean I'm sorry, that's what I meant. Unions. That's 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 what I meant. We I don't neither support of us support public sector unions. I support neither of us support sector unions. Neither of us support public sector unions, but private sector unions can there can be some nuance there. I don't always support them, and I especially don't support them when they are large entities. Like large and saw, in charge like what we saw with uh with ups which is um the fact that we could have predicted this um the ups deal is causing a lot of lower level ups dealers to get laid off or dealers uh, employee dealers <laughs> uh, lower level ups employees to get laid off because uh ultimately jobs create value and if you just raise wages without creating the value this is what's going to happen that's just reality yeah, no, I mean, it is. It's a bit of a pitfall. And like, if you ask me to think about it, those numbers were probably already kind of accounted for when it came to the union making these deals because they know that these things are going to happen. You know what I mean? Like, I'm sure that they they did a cost analysis of the wages being raised and how much people they'd actually lose because if UPS, like, you know what I mean? Because if UPS did this to a certain number, to where the union was like, fuck you, we're striking again. That would have happened with the number that they hit just now. Like, this is a number I feel like the union accounted for, if that makes sense. To where it's kind of like, sorry, guys. And it's the cost of doing business, right? The unions themselves are a response to the free market. And the free market is going to respond to the union. And it's a constant game of cat and mouse. That's fair. I, guess that's I get it. Fun. Yeah. I mean, that's like, yeah, enough. it sucks that some of these jobs are lost, but there were probably jobs that would have been lost over time regardless. It's just in a bigger chunk because when the union negotiated their new contract, it put the deadline of those jobs lost up quicker. That was it. That was it. I think we're done. Yeah. But does that make sense? So what I'm saying? No, it, has, it, it does. Like it, like the, like, like UPS knew how many people they could cut before the union would be pissed. I get, I get it, but it's it's interesting that labor's pro labor people come out and talk about workers' rights, and then you're 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 willing to sacrifice workers They're, at the bottom uh, of the barrel. You're willing it, to sacrifice. You're willing to sacrifice workers at the bottom of the barrel to raise the wages of the um of the longer tenured union people. Remember, you did also, all, you know. All, all I'm what, saying, all I'm saying what's is the this: the Marxist like, saying all accord. Uh, all according to their needs. Wait, wait. Oh fuck! What is it? It's dude. It's it's a uh, something to a, your needs versus to your like the work you put in 
all the workers I don't know. It's, this is just Corey trying to sound Marx's. smart. No, I'm not. I think, obviously, I'm not. I don't even know what the fuck I'm talking about. I'm talking about the Karl Marx. To everyone's I don't know. according I, I to their... I don't know. You understand what I'm saying, right? Nope. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm going to find this real quick. You, you feel that dead space. It's... The, the 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 fact of the matter is this unions it, it's a um let's see now i'm trying to think of something it's a uh from each according a, to his ability to each according to his needs so that's it like that's yeah. i would say but like in context when i was trying to say that stupid fucking phrase a few minutes ago i was talking about the unions and i'm like how unions are a little commie so like so, eh, so according according to the, the needs. Uh, so here's what yeah here's why that statement's bullshit um ability doesn't matter according to that statement your needs well, are yeah more important it's, it's karl ability. marx like i'm not <laughs> <laughs> like, it was supposed to be a bit in the first place what are you a what are you a red homie you ain't gonna see red now production you uh, no 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 i do like unions but you're not gonna see as my means of production yeah, it's it's a it's a Thomas Sowell thing, right? Like I I don't I don't hate unions, I don't love unions. I think they 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 can be part of a free market, but it's a Thomas Sowell. Yeah, they're just uh, their response to a free market. Yeah, it's it's a, um, yeah, it's 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 a. What's the Thomas Sowell quote that I love so much? There are know. no pr- there are, there are no solutions. There are only yeah, trade offs. Yeah. There's only there's no there are no solutions. There's only trade offs. Yes, and I think that unions. Uh, Cause like, what's the alternative to unions not fighting for the wages of like in a utilitarian sort of aspect? Then WalMarts and the government just subsidizes everyone's w- ability to just survive, right? Yep. Like either either, the, either the big corporations pony the money to their workers, or the government is filling in the holes that the workers can't afford to survive. Corey, one I hate to other. do this to you. I hate to do this to you. But my I, know, I, I hate to do this to you, Dan. You know what? I hate to do this to you. Lipsertive Podcast is found on all social media and podcast <laughs> platforms. Our website is at lipsertiveshow.com. We can be found at Lipsertive on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. Don't get bogged yeah, down by all the haters out pod. there. Tech videos can be found at Lipsertive Podcast, and you can reach out directly at lipsertivepod at gmail.com. Subscribe today. Go fuck yourself. Going to steal my piece, Satan. <laughs> uh for uh, Bell the Body Snatcher, who is not here tonight. Wanted, right? Yeah. The PD part time. PD part time. Bell the Body Snatcher. He, as always, is Corey Walsh. He's Dan Griffin. It's been conservative. Until next time. I don't want to yell too loud because I'll pee myself. We are out of here. We the people cannot stand that.